church. You guys can make your way out there uh, to uh, Children's Church this morning. And they're all kind of looking at me funny like, why have we not left yet? So uh, there they go. They, they're, they're heading on their way. And I almost forgot to mention and remind you that uh, after this morning's service, we are going to have our, our brief meeting here together uh, for our vote concerning the deacons. And you may uh, should have seen that uh, uh, note in the bulletin these, this past month. And so um, uh, if you are a member of Community Bible Church, I strongly encourage you to stay. And uh, we don't intend to be long, uh, but you are a part of our church, therefore you should have a part in our church in that way. And so um, a plan to stay. That will follow uh, just after our morning service. We'll have a brief break in between for the mothers to go and get their children out of the classrooms so all the teachers can come in and be a part of our meeting too. Uh, that will follow our service today. If you want to take your Bibles with me and turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, let's look at verse uh, number six as we have these past few weeks. This is our theme into this year, and we've said that a number of times. Uh, how many of you have memorized this verse? Uh, how many of you have just recently memorized this verse? Okay. I hope that if you have not memorized it, that you'll make it a goal to memorize. I'm not as nice as Michael. I don't give away chocolates. Okay. But uh, I guess if you ask him, uh, he might give you a chocolate for, for quoting it. But uh, uh, it depends if there's any left, I guess. So, um, but uh, let's, I'm going to read this verse, and then you read it together with me afterward. The Word of God says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You together with me, ready, begin. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's pray. Our heavenly gracious Father, Lord, our desire is that we would uh, be diligent seekers of you, that we would please you through our lives. Lord, that... Um, we would be people of faith and uh, that our, in, our entirety of our desire would be um, uh, of diligence and service and obedience to you. So, Lord, we ask that you would uh, be glorified through our lives. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would bless this morning's message to our uh, hearts and our minds. Give us understanding. Uh, Lord, may you lead, guide, and direct as you would see fit. And, uh, Lord, give me the words to say. Uh, give me your Holy Spirit's filling. Give me clarity of mind. And Lord, as each uh, hearer is here together with me, Lord, help us to uh, receive uh, to its fullest what you would have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to bring you to John chapter 10 uh, with this uh, subject of faith in mind. John chapter 10 is where we will uh, find ourselves in our kind of key text uh, for this morning. John 10 and verse number 27. This is a... Um, one of many familiar passages, but uh, uh, that particular passage where Jesus uh, speaks of himself as the good shepherd. Uh, but I want to bring your attention to verse 27 where the word of God says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I'll read that again. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know, the Word of God, we know the, the, the illustration, the Word of God uh, describes and lays out for us how that uh, He is our shepherd, that good shepherd. We are to be the sheep, that we are to be following in His steps, that we are to be followers of Christ in that way, that God is to be leading, guiding, and direct us, that it is He uh, who is to be uh, 
the, the difference maker for keeping the sin out of our life. In some cases, uh, God, we would, we would understand even the roles of, of the preacher, of the pastor. God places under shepherds to help further that work and to help give that accountability to God's people. But ultimately, it is God who is our shepherd. It is we who are the sheep. And the question that I want to bring to your attention uh, this morning is, do we hear the voice of God? Do we recognize the voice of God? Are we listening to the voice of God when he speaks? It's not to say this morning uh, that you are not a believer in Christ. Now, there may be some here today who are not. That's very likely that the very reason why you don't recognize the voice of God is because you don't first have a relationship with him. But I wonder, when God speaks, do you hear him? When our shepherd speaks, and, and do you obey him? Are you a hearer and a doer of God's word? James 1 and verse 24 speaks of that very matter. Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Of course, we read that elsewhere in Scripture, uh, that of a, a, um, the wise man who builds his house upon a rock, the book of Matthew speaks of, and the foolish man who builds his house upon sand. What is the wise and the foolish? The difference is one is a hearer and a doer, and one is not. The Bible tells us that true wisdom, that true faith in God, that faith which we've been emphasizing on, that diligently seeking God, is one that is a hearer and a doer of God's word. Diligently seeking the Lord. Seeking to please Him. The Bible tells us uh, that, as we have already said a number of times, the very foundation for our faith is, um, uh, our very foundation for our Christian life is faith. And it is that which Satan seeks to pull out from under us. He seeks to disrupt, to cause our faith to waver, our trust in God, our belief in God, to do the impossible, to do what only he can do, uh, to work in and through our life, for us to simply lean upon him, even when uh, those difficult times maybe aren't quite as prevalent. But that faith of consistency is what Satan seeks to remove. The Bible tells us, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. That is to say, God knows us. God recognizes us. In fact, in John chapter 10, God says, I know them by name. God knows us individually. God knows us personally. The question is, do we know God? Do we hear the voice of God when he speaks to us? God speaks to us, we understand, first of all, in Scripture, through Scripture, through the reading of God's Word. When God's word is opened and read from and taught from and spoken from, lessons are given, preaching is given, uh, do, do we hear and obey the word of God? The Bible tells us of uh, Samuel, uh, a man, a young man, a boy who acknowledged the call of God, uh, but he didn't acknowledge that it was God himself until he actually knew it was God. I say to you, sometimes God's call for the Christian, God's voice to the Christian is not recognized uh, because we refuse to hear it, we refuse to, to respond to it. And in other cases, sometimes the call of God is not recognized from the individual because they simply don't have a relationship with him. You read in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, it's Samuel who says uh, and, and responds each time. He says, uh, here am I, uh, whatever you would ask. But you read through the end of the chapter, into chapter 4, he says, Here am I, Lord. God, here am I, whatever you would have for me to do. And so I say to you, there is a call of God 
that he places upon each of our lives. And that is what I want to talk to you about this morning, is answering the call of God in faith. Answering the call of God in faith. In some ways, an individual may use the words God's will. I want you to understand that when we speak concerning God's will, that God has a will for all mankind and how we are to live the Christian life. But then there is also an individual will, and we'll talk about that this morning. There is an individual will which he has for each and every one of us that is different and that is unique and that is a gift from God to each one of us. Answering the call of God in faith. I wonder, is God calling you to something? Maybe you're hearing that call. Are you answering it? You ever get a phone call you just don't want to answer? Oh, it's pastor. Click. No, I'm just kidding. You get, you get some, here's the scammers. We get a lot of scammers around here, right? And, uh, or um, sometimes it's, you know, uh, maybe it's from the, some company. We're paying a bill off, and you know why they're calling. They're calling to get that payment. Um, sometimes it's a call from school, you know. Uh, the children uh, have gotten in trouble, you know. As soon as you see it, uh-oh, it's the principal, you know. And uh, uh, sometimes it's a call from the spouse, you know. Uh, honey, you need to come home and spank the child, right? Uh, or, uh, honey, you won't believe, but the, the pipe burst in the, uh, in the basement. And, uh, you know, uh, or sometimes it's a call from the child themselves that says, hey, uh, mom, dad, I need some money, right? And we, we have an idea sometimes of what those calls are going to contain. Uh, we have a general idea of who is calling, especially in today's society, uh, but also why they're calling, because we know that individual. But can I say to you, God calls the Christian continually. We know why he calls. We know who he is. But do we answer the call? We think today, and in, in being a, a day in which we're emphasizing missions, in fact, even into this month, we think upon the, the, the idea of missions. What is a missionary? What is a person who's fulfilling mission work? It's one who has answered the call of God upon their life. One who's answered God's call to a specific place, to a specific people, to a specific ministry, maybe just simply to a specific occupation. For all of us, it is different. But in the end, we're all called. Are you answering the call? I wonder, Christian, have you ever so surrendered your life to God that if he were to call you beyond boundaries of your own comfort zone, that you would be so willing to answer that call because it came from God? I say to you, some Christians close themselves off from, from their relationship with God to such a point that they have a general idea of what God is calling them to do, but they're closing their ears, they're closing their, their schedule, they're closing any uh, desire to be a part of it. The Bible tells us that God calls the Christian, every one of us. And the answer to that call begins in faith. The Bible tells us that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We diligently seek God by faith. How do we project our faith? We project it in prayer. How do we continue to live by faith? Well, we keep ourselves in the word of God. The Bible tells us that as we read the word of God, God calls us. In other words, it's when we know that God says, I need to do this, and therefore we put it into action. In Matthew 4, in verse 18 through 22, why don't you turn there with me? The Bible tells us of Jesus coming to the apostles. I'm not sure if you realize, but each one of the apostles, each one of the 12 disciples, uh, they were 
not any men of great, unique ability outside of being fishermen. They were not preachers. They were not speakers. Uh, they were not uh, at all people who enjoy getting in front of people, let alone sharing the gospel, truthfully. In fact, in many times you saw their attitude even when they followed God, and it was a little bit pessimistic. It was sometimes, think of the negative, it was everything other than faith. The apostles, the 12 apostles as we know them to be, are not men uh, uh, that are any different than each of us as believers. A disciple, in its essence, is a follower of Christ. And all of us today are to be followers of Christ. And in the midst of our following, do we respond to God's call? What's particularly worthy of noting is how the apostles responded to God's call. The Bible says in Matthew 4, verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, verse 19, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Notice the Bible tells us he called them. He called them. What did he call them to do? He called them to leave their occupation. <laughs> he called them to leave their possessions. They left them all there. He called them to leave their own future. Hey, that, that their whole future was going to change. They were no longer fishers of fish. They were now fishers of men. They followed God's call. Do you realize today, Christian, that God could so call you to do the very same things in your life? And the question today is, if God were to call you in that way, would you answer his call? It's not my desire that, that anyone here today would leave Norfolk, Nebraska, let alone Community Bible Church. But I tell you, it's possible that God could call his people maybe to a mission field, maybe to an entire different state in a whole different occupation, therefore a whole other church. It's possible that God could call. It's possible that you could be here and God could be calling you to a whole different direction in your life. That you know in your heart that maybe the job which you're in isn't working with your faithfulness to God. That you know in your heart that, that, that maybe the, the, the uh, emphasis which you're giving to God and, and maybe the house of God in your own individual life is not what it should be as a result of your schedule. Could God be calling you to stop something and or to start something for the Lord? By the way, nothing should ever be started that isn't beginning with God. We say to the young people, everything begins with God and everything ends with God. And so it should be that way. The Bible says uh, that he, that being God, is before all things. And so he is to be in our own lives, before all things. So we understand that God calls us. Do we answer the call? Are we willing to answer that call? Are we willing to go and fulfill that call? No matter what it would mean, we may lose in return. Could I remind you, Christian, that the Bible tells us that we are to lay up treasures in heaven, not on this earth. That when you answer God's call, and it means putting a stop to something, you're only putting a stop to something that moth and dust will corrupt. As one preacher put it, you're only putting, setting something in a way that truthfully, in its essence, it's trash. <laughs> it contains no eternal value in the end. Christian, there is nothing in this earth that can ever amount to the value of a relationship with God in fulfilling his call. Whether it's a change of an occupation, 
was it, it's the, the change of, a, uh, of your, your whole schedule, dynamic, maybe even as a mother, maybe the dynamic of how things are being run in the home, that which is considered to be comfortable. Uh, maybe it's uh, even where the kids are attending school or how they're receiving their education. I don't, I don't know the exact area. The truth is, I don't know God's calling for your individual life. But I do know this, that God calls you, and he calls me, and he calls all of us. And that when we, in essence, say, what is God's will, it's answering God's call upon our life. You see, God's will is uh, that which is impressed upon our mind and as a result impressed upon our heart and now there's a debating there's a questioning in our mind should I do this Christian don't ever consider anything to be of coincidence God is not a God of coincidence God is a God that has a purpose in all things he allows things to take place the very reason why sometimes the things which we don't enjoy going through happen is because God is trying to direct us if you're listening to the call of God and you're discerning that, hey, is God leading me? Boy, it can change your whole life. I remember answering first the call of God upon my life to be a preacher. I was a 13-year-old boy. Was I, uh, was I, did I know exactly what I was uh, surrendering to God to do? No. <laughs> was I fully committed to do it uh, from age 13 uh, all through my teen years? Truthfully not. My mind was on many other things. But I had surrendered my life to that call when I went, got into, found myself into college. And even though I'm studying to be a preacher, in fact, to be a pastor and receiving education and around Christian people and that emphasis in that way, it wasn't until I was actually in school that God yet again reminded me, hey, have you truly surrendered to the calling that I placed upon your life? And could I say to you, sometimes we've already answered God's call, but God's calling us yet further in another way there is nothing that god places in your life that it's that in its end isn't a test or an exact calling that he's trying to direct you in your life for it doesn't matter what it is i've shared with our deacons in our church that in its essence their uh their role as a deacon within the church is the acceptance of a calling Somebody says, no, well, that's an individual who's asked them, or that's a church who's asked them. Well, they're accepting a calling of God. Because it's God who places within the minds and the individuals of the people within the house of God to say, this individual can fulfill this role, can fulfill this, uh, this, this need. I, you know, God, God can call a Sunday school teacher or an, a Christian to be a Sunday school teacher. God can tall, call a Christian to be a children's worker. God can call a Christian uh, to be a better soul winner, maybe a more faithful soul winner, maybe a different dynamic in our soul winning. God calls all of us in different ways. How do we answer that call is the question. Yes, we understand the doing, but when we, when we pull the weeds back and take an understanding of what is that doing, that's what we're talking about this morning so we're answering this question, what is God calling for every believer? I want to give you some things that the Bible tells us uh, in which we are called uh, according to the Lord. And there are first some initial things that we have to understand. I want you to understand, first of all, that the believer is called by God's name. Every believer is called by God's name. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Every believer 
is called by God's name. In 1 John chapter 3, in verse number 1, you may have memorized this verse in your own life. The Word of God says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we, notice, should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. The Bible tells us that we are called by God. Now, some people would take it so far to say, well, are you saying, Pastor Miller, or is the Word of God saying that only some are called to God? No, I say to you, all of us are called to be a believer in Christ. All of us are called to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. That is God's desire for every one of us. There is no one here today that God does not desire for them to come to himself. Do we answer that call first? You know, it begins with that relationship with Christ, a saving knowledge of Christ. And I'm reminding you this morning that the day that you received Christ and you said, God, I realize that you desire a relationship with me. I realize that I'm a sinner and today I'm putting my faith and trust in you. You answered a call, a call to salvation. God has given you that gift of salvation and you received it. And the moment that you received that uh, eternal life, the Bible tells us, that you now are a part of Christ. The Bible tells us now Christ lives inside of you. In fact, today we would use the term Christian. <laughs> Christ is in you. Christ is now a part of you. You now carry, Christian, the name of Christ everywhere you go. That, yes, I'm known as Stephen on this earth, but I'm also a child of God. I'm a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You're a man of God, a woman of God. The Bible tells us that we are uh, called to salvation. Can I remind you that you carry the name of Christ? You carry the name of Christ in your life. I don't think this is on. It's on now. You carry the name of Christ in your life. Uh, the Bible tells us that um, uh, in, in uh, the, the book of First uh, Corinthians, in chapter 1 and verse 2, the Bible says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. The Bible tells us we are called first to be Christians. You cannot fulfill any other calling in God's life until you are first a believer in God. God does not say that there are only some that are called. The Bible tells us all are called, but the Bible tells us that uh, wide is the gate and narrow is that way. And so there, uh, that there is that uh, way of destruction, but there is that narrow gate, the Bible tells us, that narrow gate that only some find. Only some answer that call. Only some truly say, God, I need you in my life. I'm receiving you today. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. The Bible tells us God's calling upon all his people is to be Christians first. We bear the name of Christ. Aren't you uh, encouraged to know that the Bible tells us when you receive Christ, your name is now in the book of life. Amen? We sing that song. There's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. The day that you receive Christ, your name was put into the book of life. We talked about last week that there is the judgment seat of Christ, but yet also that great white throne judgment. The judgment seat of Christ is that which the Christian stands before God and will give account for his faithfulness. And it is there uh, that the Bible tells us that that book of life will be open and God will find our name. 
And we'll say whether we've been faithful or not. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, the Bible says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. We consider the fact that every believer is called by God's name, but understand also that every believer is given a holy calling to be like God. Okay? So we're given God's name. Why? Because we are called to be like God. We are called to be like God. You say, how in the world can I be like God if I have sin in my life? 1 Peter 1 and verse 15, the Bible says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Conversation speaking of our way of living. How is it that we are to be holy? How is it that we fulfill that holy calling? Well, the Bible tells us, as we've talked about these past several weeks, God can help us. The Holy Spirit helps us. We stay faithful to God, diligently seeking Him, keeping God in and a part of our life, engage in a relationship with Him, uh, not just to head knowledge, but a, a growing, increasing relationship with Christ and our walk together with Him, fulfilling that holy calling. The Bible tells us that holy calling is to be like Christ, to, uh, uh, to not be of this world, but uh, to be separated from it and unto God. To, uh, to distinctively choose to not emphasize anything of this world, to not live for the things of this world, but to live for God and God alone. That holy calling. There is a calling that God places upon the Christian that is not upon the unbeliever. And that is that we would be holy. Christian, are you living a holy life? God says, as we read John chapter 10... My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And Christian, are you hearing and following? <laughs> God says, I have called you with a holy calling. Are you seeking to live a holy life? One that is acceptable before God. One that emphasizes Christ, that glorifies Christ. Holy living. The Bible tells us uh, that blessed is the man who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. That is our... Our, our desire for life is to please God, to live a holy life. Christian, you cannot live a holy life if there's sin, unforgiven sin, that you're, that you're holding on to. It can be pride, it can be adultery, it can be bitterness, it can be uh, any, any, anything that, that goes against the Word of God. Are you fulfilling the holy calling that God has placed upon your life, seeking to live a holy life? The Bible tells us that every believer is not only given a holy calling, but they are given a high calling. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It is an honor and a privilege to be a Christian. Amen? Amen. We sing the song, Oh, it is wonderful to be a Christian, because it is wonderful. We don't deserve everything that God has given to us. It is, a, it is a, uh, a privilege, but I, I say to you, it is a responsibility yes. of every one of us to fulfill God's calling as believers in Christ. Um, you know, uh, God gives that example. Here we are as the sheep. God is that shepherd. And, you know, ship, sheep, ship. sheep can be very, uh, uh, you know, not thinking animals, you know, and but but I say to you sometimes as Christians, all what we do, this is how we live the Christian life. We're just sitting. 
some cases, we're just sitting on our hands. There's no fulfilling to any call. We're not seeking to live holy. We're not seeking to honor God. We're not seeking to do anything that's pleasing to God in our life. We're just sitting. It's like we talked about a, a few weeks ago uh, of the fig tree within the vineyard. What purpose is there in the tree of a tree within the vineyard if there is no fruit? Amen? The Bible tells us that the believer is called by God's name, and what a wonderful privilege that is. The Bible tells us, secondly, that the believer is called to be like Christ, to identify with Him. I'm going to bring you to a few different passages, and if you want to turn there with me, you can. If you want to write them down, just the same, that's okay. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, the Bible tells us that we are to suffer together with Him. We are to suffer together with Christ. We're called to identify with Him. We're given that holy calling. We're called to be like God, but the Bible tells us we're called to suffer together with Him. 1 Peter 2 and verse 21, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow His steps. Christ laid the example for us as He gave His life for us, so we should give our lives for God. Amen? It is a privilege to suffer, to, in the fellowship of his suffering, suffer for the sake of Christ. Well, it's not easy to go through, but it's a privilege. It's a privilege and an honor, and it should be seen that way. The Bible tells us that we are to not just suffer together with him, but we are to serve in his steps. Matthew 20 and verse 28, the Word of God says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. This was Jesus' public ministry. I came not for people to serve me. I came for uh, the glory of God through my life that, uh, that my life itself would be given for mankind. Christian, God has not called us on this earth to simply uh, live life to its fullest for ourselves. It's like we, we spoke about. The Christian life is a one another life. It's not just about you. There are others in need of Christ. There are others that need growth in Christ the Bible tells us that ministry, ministering to others, Christian, we're called to a ministry of the cross. God calls us to share his sufferings, to go through the journey of the Christian life, those trials. Maybe you missed some of those messages. Go back and listen to them. I encourage you to. We're in a spiritual warfare. We talked about that. The armor of God is accessible to us. We have to stand in order to withstand. But that suffering is we're in the midst of that battle. Satan's seeking to pull that foundation of faith out from under us. And we're enduring as a good soldier. Suffering for the sake of Christ. The Bible tells us we're to serve in his steps. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. You see, the very purpose and privilege there is in suffering for the sake of Christ is that others can come to know Him. Amen? Amen. Christian, I hope that that's your desire. If you have not made it a goal uh, in your Christian life to win souls to Christ, it should be at the top of your list. Truthfully, it should come before everything else on this earth. Everything. To win souls to Christ. Somebody says, well, yes, I thought I was left on this earth to bring glory to God. Well, that's true. You bring glory to God by winning souls to Christ. The Bible tells us that we are also called to separate from the world and unto God. We mentioned that already. For 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17 through 18, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, 
We're not so separated from the world that uh, we're not living within it. We're not isolating ourselves, but we're insulating ourselves in God. We're separated from the world and unto God. I'm choosing to live a separated life that is an example of God through my body, through my soul, through my mind, through everything that I do. I'm seeking to glorify God because the Bible tells us whose body is your body. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It does not belong to us. So we can't live our lives in our body as though, hey, I can do whatever I want. I'm just going to live life and enjoy life. Well, not to say that life can't be enjoyed. And by the way, the Christian life is a, is a joyful life. Amen? But we understand that we are to be separated from the world just because there's pleasure in sin. I remind you, sin and the pleasure of it is only for a season. It won't last. So you enjoy the life that you're living. You enjoy the things that you're doing that are not separated unto God. So you've managed to, to live maybe days and weeks upon weeks and maybe months upon months uh, living the life that you are in sin. And you say, oh, well, uh, people just have to accept this is the way that I am. I say to you, Christian, you've not separated yourself unto God. You cannot bring glory to God through your life and fulfill a holy calling of, uh, of God for your life if you are living in sin. The Bible tells us that we are called to fellowship together with him. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Fellowship together with God. We're called to walk worthy of our calling. Ephesians 4, verse 7 through 8. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, uh, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. The Bible tells us that it is through the Holy Spirit that we are given a calling upon our life. And I say to you, that leads into uh, uh, my next point. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. God says we are to suffer together with him, to serve in his steps, to separate from the world, to fellowship with him, to walk worthy of the calling which he places upon our life. Uh, so uh, we, we come to thirdly and understand that the Bible tells us of the, uh, that the believer is called to ministry. The believer is called to ministry. You might be saying, wait a second, Pastor Miller, I am not a preacher. I am not a teacher. I don't have a ministry like you do. The Bible tells us we are all called to the ministry. We all have a ministry. Your ministry is different than my ministry. Look at Romans 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given in me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. I want you to underline, if you haven't already, that phrase, the measure of faith. The measure of faith. We've talked a lot about faith these past several weeks. What is that measure of faith? Well, you read in Romans chapter 12, we quote the first two verses very often, uh, that, that we are to present our bodies wholly acceptable before God. When you read the whole book, uh, the whole chapter of, of, of Romans 12, and you would read of many different gifts and abilities that believers have. I say to you, that's what the measure of faith is. Christian, every one of us have been given a different measure of faith. Why is it called a measure of faith? Because you can never fulfill God's calling 
of any talent, gift, or ability that God has given to you in your life without faith. Amen? Amen. And you know, in some cases, uh, it is a matter of somebody says, well, I've never done that before. Well, here's why you've never done it before, because when you didn't do it before, you didn't have faith doing it. But if you have faith doing it now, you can. Amen? Amen. How many of you have ever done something, you say, well, I've never done it before, but when I just trusted God in it, God helped me through it, and now I can't even believe I'm doing it now. Anyone ever been there? I, I know I've talked to individuals that way. Um, in fact, I'm putting her on the spot a little bit, but I think that was Mrs. Wong talk a little bit. It was sharing with me how the, that somehow the organ started. Ended up on the organ, and, and uh, that, that was just something that it became a calling of God, and next thing you know, you're doing it all the time. I remember Brother Tareen sharing with me uh, how that it was uh, God who had called him to work with the, the bus ministry. And uh, you were called for just one time just to serve, and next thing you know, you're doing it many times. But what was that? That was something, yes, maybe you knew some, maybe you did it some, maybe you knew just a little bit, but now you're, you're doing more than you ever thought that you would do from the beginning. And what comes as a result of that? It comes as a result of trusting God by faith and answering that call. Christian, you may not have ever done you fill in the blank. Whether it's in this ministry, the church, that is, or whether it's in your own personal ministry, you may not have ever done it. But Christian, you can do anything through the power of God, if you trust Him by faith. Do we believe this morning that God is a God of, of doing the impossible? Amen. Amen? If you truly believe that God can do the impossible, Christian, think about this. Do you believe that God can do the impossible through your life, in your life? That He can allow you and give you the ability to do something you've never done before? I come back to the apostles. You read the book of Acts. They're preaching. They're teaching. Thousands of souls are coming to Christ. They're boldly speaking the name of Christ. And yet, where did you find them before in the New Testament? They're just fishermen. They didn't have any education that, that would have brought them to that point. They weren't people who got up regularly and spoke. It was by faith that the apostles were able to do what they did. And Christian, it is only by faith that we can and should do anything in our Christian life. Sure, you can do it, but if not done in faith, not only will you not receive God's blessing, but you will not receive God's power. There's a mentality sometimes that develops an individual where they lose faith in God. They're still fulfilling the, 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 the calling in their actions, but there's no faith in their actions of why they're doing it or how am I having the ability to do it. Uh, in other words, uh, the individual who gets frustrated uh, at, uh, uh, well, I've been doing this, nobody else is doing it, so uh, I I'm just going to have to do it. That, that attitude that says, uh, well, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm too old to do this, or I, I, I've done this for many, why doesn't somebody else do it? One that develops such a frustration that now we're no longer doing it of faith. Now we're no longer saying, God, you'll give me the ability to. But it's simply purely of ourselves. I realize that there are physical limits. I realize that there are things that we're just not quite as gifted in. That's why the book of Romans describes it as a measure of faith. Because everyone's given a different measure. And you, your measure of how you're given it is a different way. I, my, my sister, my youngest sister, uh, Courtney, has always been a very hospitable person. And uh, she, she, when we were younger, was always the... The, the little sister that you could convince to give you something of her, hers uh, just because she was kind and wanted to give it to you, but in return, you just wanted it, you know? And uh, she was always giving something. 
In fact, there came certain points I remember, uh, especially as she got older, that my mom and dad would give her something, and then she'd come back, and it's gone, and they'd say, where'd it go? Well, I gave it to so-and-so and, uh, in the church or whatever. And they'd say, why'd you give that away? We just gave that to you. And they said, you don't just give things all the time, but at the same time, that's just in her. She just loves to give. She's the type of person that she can just sit and listen to somebody talk. And she, she can talk to somebody, too, all the time. I say that's a, that's a gift. That's the measure of the gift that's been given to her. Christian, you have a measure of gifts that have been given to you. There are things that God can gift you to do that you've never done before. But there is a measure of gifts that you are already given. The Bible tells us that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He shall give us the desires of our heart. The desires of our heart have much to do with our talents, gifts, and abilities. That which we desire to do with our bodies. That which we desire to do with our life. But there cannot be any doing if it's not done by faith. There cannot be any blessing from God if it's not done by faith. There should not be any doing if God is not the reason why. Amen? The Bible tells us the believer is called to ministry. We are all called to the ministry. In Matthew 20 and verse 28, the Word of God says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many, God has left us on this earth until the return of Christ, not so that we can simply uh, just sit in our hands and be a tree within the vineyard, but that we would go, yes, with the gospel, but that we would go and bear fruit, that we would answer God's call. How could we not think of someone uh, like Jonah, who when called by God, ran an entirely different direction? And sadly, that's say it, how it is for many Christians. They know exactly where to run, where to go, that they believe I'm getting by just enough. And then something so absurd happens to them, like getting swallowed by a whale. <laughs> and they say, how in the world? Why does this happen to me? What in the world is happening? What? Somebody says this is a Christian life. Why are these miserable things happening? But all the while, we've not answered the call that God placed in our life in the very beginning. Christian, might you trace back in your own life, when God has called you, have you answered that call? Have you answered that call? I say to you again, there is a calling which God places to every Christian individual. In the same way, there is a calling that is given of measure to some. Unique to who you are. Unique to what you are able to do. But be careful, Christian, not to say, well, I just can't do that. Because you can do anything through Christ who strengthens you if you have faith. Amen? The Bible tells us the believer is called to ministry. You think about Samson. Here's all of the Israelites, right? And God was going to use one man who he gifted a, with a measure of faith, gifted with abilities that exceeded beyond what anyone else had. That was what God gave to that individual. Now, did the others have gifts? Yes, by all means. But God used that individual to accomplish his work. Don't ever let yourself point the finger and say, well, I can never do what they do. Well, you may not have strength like Samson, but that's not what God's called you to. What has God called you to? Are you answering this call? We know, as we've talked about already, that, that, that there is a general sense of what God calls every Christian to, to live holy, to be separate, all these things that we've talked about just previously. But there is a ministry of the believer. There is a ministry Christian, what is your ministry? I'm not just talking about a community Bible church. But you know that's why that God instituted the church? That Christian believers, that God's people can have a ministry. 
Yes, we glorify God. Yes, we praise the Lord, and we do, we, we do many other things within the church. But the ministries of the church are about God's people fulfilling God's calling in their ministry. Christian, are you in the ministry? Are you in the ministry? You've been given the calling, but have you answered that call? What is your ministry? Where can you found to be laboring, to be serving, to be suffering for the sake of Christ? Where can you be found to be faithfully serving God to the best of your ability? Say, well, I don't know. Well, then you need to get in tune with God. Because an individual that says, I simply just don't know what God wants me to do, quite honestly, is an individual that is not in God's Word. Because I can assure you and promise you this, if you read the Word of God, oh, you'll find all kinds of callings <laughs> for your life in it. Because this is what we live by. Amen? This is what shows us how to live the Christian life. The Bible tells us that every believer has a ministry. In Romans 12 and verse number 3, the Word of God says, For I say to the grace given in me, listen to this, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. It's interesting that Paul writes this before he mentions any of these gifts. Because while there are some who say, I have no gift and ability, there are some who says, oh, I can do, I can do that. And they get themselves such a big head in all they're doing that now it's no longer doing by faith. Christian, don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think too highly of yourself. None of us are anything more than sinners who are saved by grace. None of us are anything more than tools who are to be used in the hands of God. We have to allow ourselves to be that tool. I've heard it described this way. We are the gloves that are to be, that God's hands are to be within. God is the one who is functioning. God is the one who's moving us. If you're making choices and decisions of your life and, and uh, that concern your life, and they, are, they don't concern God and they don't involve God, uh, Christian, get in tune with Christ. Be sure that He is in it. Be sure that He's the reason why. Sometimes God uh, just simply, I mentioned this briefly, he just, he's testing us. I, I remember, um, and, and truthfully, this happens quite often. Someone comes to me and says, hey, Pastor, uh, you know, I haven't told everyone this, but pray about this. There's a possibility uh, that I might get a, a higher-up job I've applied for. You know, I'm praying about this. Or somebody says, well, pray about this. We might end up moving. There's a you know, my job's leading me. Jobs do a lot of things to an individual's life. They do. But those individuals say, pray for me. I'm not really sure yet. I'm praying about it. And then it never ends up coming to pass. And that was God saying, are you willing to go if that's what I'm calling you to do? Let me come back to jobs for a second, okay? I step on a few toes here today, okay? Somebody says, well, it's easy for you to say, Pastor, your job is the ministry. no. Christian, we all have a ministry. Every one of us do. Does your job take place of your ministry? Does your job take place of your ministry? God has not called you to your workplace. God has called you to be a child of God, to live for Him, to glorify Him. Somebody says, well, how can I fulfill God's calling and still do what I'm doing now? Just be sure that he is first and that he is the reason why. Be sure that that what you're doing doesn't come in place of him. 
sometimes I believe in family, time together with family, but sometimes family comes before God. Family trips, family vacations, uh, family events. Uh, things are, are planned in such a way that take the Christian from, in a way from the house of God. Uh, family time is spent to great lengths, but none is spent in the word of God. Family is of great importance. It's biblical that we spend time together with our family. But if God is not a part of it, if God's not the beginning of it, if God's not the reason why even we have a family, sometimes I, 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 I've, I, you know, somebody says, well, we're trying to have a family. And that's great, you're trying to have a family, but are you, who are you trying to have a family for? For the glory of God or for simply for yourself? There's a mentality that can develop in our mind, well, that's my child. I, I tell them, you know, well, if, if it's truly the biblical format, who gave us that child, right? Where did that child come from? Your body, <laughs> your life. The Bible tells us that our body is not our own. We're simply a temple of the Holy Ghost. Everything that's been given to us, everything on this earth, is not our calling. The calling comes from God. The desires of our heart, the fulfilling of God's desires within our life, are done so as a result of uh, faith. So we come back to that measure of faith. Christian, you've been given a different measure. Yes, we've all been called to ministry, but you've been given a different measure. Are you fulfilling God's call to ministry? Let's every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for listening. I hope that you've listened with your ears as well as with your heart.